Hey, hey, everybody. God bless you. This is your friend, John Arcovio. And yes, we welcome you to another Tuesday session of Kingdom Discussions. So glad that you are here. God bless you. Hope your Tuesday is going well. And we've got some wonderful friends here today that uh, we've invited to come and be with us. And I know you're going to be blessed by their ministry blessed by the oil they carry, and it is Apostle Scott and Kim Barnhart. They lead Freedom House Ministries International. Uh, Scott serves as the general overseer for Freedom House Ministries and is also the chairman of a Freedom Apostolic Network. And Scott and, and uh, Kim have been happily married for over 25 years. They've planted 11 churches in Uganda, Africa, two churches in the USA. And um, actually, they're getting ready to launch another work in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They both travel internationally, speak and minister. They have a strong passion to equip saints and to repair the foundation of the church through fivefold ministry. And together they have four wonderful children, Aiden, Addie, Taylor and Wrighty. So welcome, 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 Scott and Kim. We're so glad you are here. And wow, I just got tired of reading all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, my honor. Just love the oil you guys carry, especially your heart for the apostolic and prophetic and for equipping modern day apostles and prophets and leaders that are apostolic and planning works. And so, yeah. So why don't we just dive right in? Tell us a little bit about what's fixing to happen in Shelbyville, Tennessee, and what's what's new in the Barnhart family. Oh man, that is a loaded question. That is a loaded question. <laughs> we have a lot going on. Um, so Shelbyville, Tennessee. You know, this is a work that uh, uh, that we've been gearing up for for the last several months, and uh, it uh, it all happened through strategic relationships. Uh, God sent us certain people, certain leaders that are going to be joining our team there. And uh, it seems we have close to about 75 people waiting just for this thing wow. to take off. In and uh, we've got a great, great evangelist that's, that's going to be joining our team. His name is Jasper Wilson. And uh, he's a powerful speaker, uh, a wonderful evangelist. And uh, his wife is an up and coming uh, prophet here pretty soon. And, and we're going to be working with them and, uh, and building a great work there. So I like that southern the, talk, up and coming. That's what I grew up, up with. And up and coming. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fixing to step into their ministry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's exactly we right. We welcome everybody that's online right now. D Grace, God bless you. She's blessed you guys. D Grace said blessings, apostle and prophetess. Barnhart, Christopher, Leo Dell said, hey, guys, two of my favorite people. God bless you. And if you're on, if you want to share this with anybody on your 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 social media, please feel free to, uh, a Daniel uh, Spiegelman saying, Hey, apostle prophet. Good to see y'all. So y'all got oh, some thanks. friends, some people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we met a lot of those over in Israel. We met some of that. Yeah. In Israel, some friends in Georgia and Arkansas there. Wow. So, so yeah, you guys you got back from the land of Israel. Talk about that. What happened? Oh my goodness. You want to start first? You want me to well, kick it off? Yeah. I just want to go straight to our trip to Shallow 
Okay. That's okay. Yeah, go for it. That wasn't day one, but our trip to, well, they say Shiloh, they pronounce it Shiloh over there. But um, our trip to Shiloh was, well, every spot that we went to was impacting, but some a little bit better than others. But in Shiloh, um, the crazy part about this is uh, we went with a team of people and we actually went with several people from Alexander Pagani's uh, church, one of his churches in New York. And so he had been asking groups of people to get up and speak at certain locations. And so he didn't know us, didn't know our story, didn't know anything about us. But he come to us and he said, I feel like the spirit of the Lord is telling me to ask you guys to speak um, just five, 10 minutes at, at Shiloh when we when we try, when we go there, whatever day that was. And and at the time we were like, OK, that's great. Yeah, whatever God wants to do. We didn't really think about the significance of that area until later. So then we got to studying about Shiloh again and just kind of, you know, bringing back to our memory what what happened in Shiloh. Well, come to find out it's the story from Samuel talks about Hannah um, praying for a child. She she didn't have a child. She um, wanted a child very badly. Her counterpart where, you know, her, her husband's other wife, she had children and she would mock her. And we learned about this in first Samuel. And, and so she was very hurt, very upset. So it talks about in 1 Samuel that she goes and she goes off to pray by herself. This it mentions it doesn't mention any other prayer that happened, but this specific prayer that she prayed. She went and she prayed and she said, God, if you would give me a child, if you would give me a son, I promise you, I will dedicate him back to the Lord. He will serve you. And, and then she went on to say some other things. Well, the reason why that was so significant to us was because I struggled with infertility for nine and a half years. And I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer that Hannah prayed. Alexander Pagani had no idea that I had gone through infertility, no idea that we had struggled with that. And so just him asking us that and us going back to the story and realizing what happened at that very spot, the spot that God was just going to use us mightily to speak to people. We felt so humbled and so honored. And I thought, wow, this is God because he did not know our story. And so um, I was talking to the Lord, you know, what do you want me to share? Because I have the testimony of Hannah where I prayed for nine and a half years and dealt with nine and a half years of infertility and miscarriage. And I prayed, God, if you would give me a child, I will give him back to you. And God gave me my miracle son. And he is 14 years old today after doctors told me that it was never going to happen to go home, that it wasn't going to happen. So we move forward and we go to the spot, the very spot where it's dedicated, where she went, Hannah went, and it's titled Hannah's Prayer. And I was able to speak at that very spot. And I was able to pray and deliver a prophetic word for the people that were there. And the wow. prophetic word was pray again, pray again, because you never know if that one prayer is the last prayer before your breakthrough happens. That last prayer could be when your loved one finally comes home or your body gets healed. You never know what it's going to be. So it was very impacting for, wow. for both of them. And of course, you know, Kim, uh, the prayer that she prayed, uh, she prayed in her heart. And of course, you know, Eli thought she was drunk, but then she made the vow to the Lord and said, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, that I'll give him back to you. He'll be yours for his entire lifetime as a sign that she had been dedicated to the Lord. Uh, his hair will never be cut. So there was that, yeah. that right vow that he took. But wow, what a what a powerful thing. You actually stood right on that same spot. Yes. You experienced the same prophetic 
act in your own life with your son. Yes. Able to speak a prophetic word. And, and the great thing about Hannah after that, after she had that prayer, it said that her countenance changed. Yep. She changed. Her entire countenance changed. It's like she knew yep. this was it. This was it and it was going to happen. And it did. And what's so crazy about it, too, is that our son, uh, when he was, what was nine years old, eight years old, he received his calling as a, as a prophet. And he knew that that's the calling that he has for his life. And uh, when he was nine years old, he even prophesied COVID 10 months before he got here. And so he's already hearing the Lord well. And so it wow. just seemed to line up. Samuel was a prophet. Yep. Wow. We thought that was quite significant. So D. Grace said that your testimony was very encouraging to her personally. Oh, thank you, D. Oh, yes, she was good. there. She she was part of that. It it was uh it was pretty powerful. Yeah. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. So yeah, just um I, I guess you also you decided to uh as a sign of consecration to get rebaptized at the River Jordan. How'd that go? Yeah. <laughs> How did it go? Well, that was pretty powerful. We had uh uh well, just walking up to the water, we were feeling the presence of the Lord so strong, and it was just overwhelming. Uh, that was the spot where Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, and, uh, and we're like, wow, this is so powerful. But I think one of the most significant things that happened there was as we were in the, we were in the water or out of the water? We were standing on the outside steps about to go into the water. Yeah, about to go into the water. And I don't know if, if anybody listening to this has ever been out that way where this location is at on the Jordan, but it's really out in the middle of the desert. And uh, and so we looked around and there was literally a white dove that flew over our heads and Come perched, on. And perched <laughs> right there and watched us as we were being baptized. Come and, on. Uh, and it's so unusual to have a dove yeah. in the desert. And yeah. it literally flew right there and stood and watched. And so we were just overwhelmed. The presence of God was so powerful. And uh, I know when they dunked us under the water together, we held arms as we both went down together as a married couple serving the Lord. And I didn't even think we were coming back up. I, I didn't like want I to come back falling. up. <laughs> I just wanted to stay in there. Yeah. But it was nothing to look at. Like it, it's a muddy little I river. Heard, I mean, I've heard that. It's not. It's not that. But, oh, was it powerful. <laughs> it was oh. such a great moment with the Lord. Isn't it amazing how we glamorize so much in the scriptures, but then when you yeah. really get get to seeing it, you realize that people were just people, you know? Yeah. And yeah, and I'll tell you something that was quite significant, too, is, you know, we know the story in the Gospels where it said that uh, when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, it said that, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove mm -hmm. upon him. And in this situation, the dove was there with us, but there's no need for it to descend upon us because today he lives in us already. He's already in you. So true. Amen. So, so uh, Apostle Scott, I just uh, like you to share a little bit of your heart. As I mentioned earlier that both you and Kim have a strong passion to equip the Klesia, the body of Christ, but specifically to repair the foundations of the Ecclesia through yeah. the fivefold ministry, through the ministry of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. So could you just talk a little bit about that vision or that heart? Absolutely. Yeah. We have a strong passion for that. And, and, and the vision that the Lord has given us uh, is to repair those foundations. If you, if you go to, I would say the majority of the church structure today, 
Uh, and I know a lot, of, a lot of folks have already seen this, but you can go to the current church structures that we see today. They're, they're in a pyramid development. They're, they're, they're like in a pyramid scheme. And you have the pastor at the very top. And I believe pastors are super important. We have to have them for the body. But the pastor is like the chief leader in the, in the structure that it is today. And then eventually, you know, you'll have an evangelist show up about once a year, twice a year to preach to the congregation. But they don't adhere to the apostle, the prophet, and rarely the teacher. And so you have a one-man ministry that's running the show. And it's kind of like the pillars, you know, in a building. If you have five pillars under a building and you knock all of, all of them out, you know, except for one of them, which is a pastor, the building is going to be in balance. And the, the congregation is going to get a very narrow um, uh, maturity, I guess you could say it that way. They're not going to mature as well as you would as you had all the five. Because we read in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through 16, I believe it is, it talks about that the fivefold ministry is there for the maturing of the saints so we can become into the perfection of the maturity of who Jesus Christ is. And so if you omit all of them, then you only have one, then we're not maturing to the level that we should be maturing. And so what we're doing is that we're building churches. We're starting churches. We're raising them up. We're training apostolic training. We're raising up evangelists and prophets and teachers and pastors to understand that this is the purpose of the church is to build this way so that way we can mature the body the way that Jesus himself wanted it to be. And, and to so, work together. And to work together. The importance yeah. of the fivefold working together, not as in one is above the other, but to work together, to talk things out and work together. That is so vital. And it's really right. the other way around. Right. It's the other way around. And so if you flip the pyramid upside down, you have the congregation of the saints up top, and you have the five equally supporting and, and helping to oversee the actual saints together. It's right, not just yes. a one-man show. I've heard that illustration. You know, I, I teach a, a, a course that's about 18 weeks on Kenyan theology, and I also give the illustration in describing the apest or the, the, how much difference it is to the man-made religion of the pyramid. And, of course, I, I show a graphic to people, mm -hmm. and I'll throw it up here, where a lot of churches got their – their format from actually a democracy called feudalism. And if you want, if you go, you know, hundred years ago, 500 years ago, even a thousand years ago, this is what ruled in, in Europe and areas like that. And uh, you, you had the King at the top there and that's where the pastor sits. Then you had about a 10% of people that were the Lords, the vassals, they served directly the King. They were servants to the organization but it was about a, about a 10% of them. And you probably had another 10% of the knights, and that was the people that fought for the for the vassals or lords to support the king. But then 80% was down here on the bottom, scrambling, grunts, just trying to make it. And, 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 and this system works to build, uh, uh, and a lot of denominations are good at building one strong ministry. But... Um, you know, what God desires and what I, what I show, let me just throw this next uh, uh, window up there. And I understand the flipping of the pyramid. That's, that's one concept about being servants to get under the burden, to lift people to the skies. But I love this, um, this slide. Actually, I, I showed the same one, but um, this particular that's one is, is, is the round table. And that's kind of how I view the uh, kingdom, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher, each connected, but 
it's not building a brand or building, you know, building, a, getting bigger and better and, and, and mega churches and, you know, powerful, great celebrity leaders, but it's, it's leading people to Jesus, but it's all about working together in each function to, um, to, uh, you know, raise up a, an army of God to impact this year's society. So uh, just kind of a little graphic there to kind of, you know, describe what, what your, what your heart is there, but, yeah, that's really beautiful. good. Yeah, beautiful. We really appreciate the oil you're carrying on this. And I, I believe even among apostolic networks, I thank God over the past 10, 15 years, there's been a lot of apostolic ne networks raise up. And I'm not going to name any because I don't want anyone to think I'm I'm uh, disparaging any of them because I they all have their place and purpose and I honor them. But I believe even the wineskin of apostolic networks is shifting and it's shifting from the top-down models it's shifting from the the um you know some great leader everyone wants to follow and pay their dues to it doesn't work anymore. that's how god's god's not doing that anymore it's all about relationships it's all about being connected and apostles are being raised and not only our spiritual fathers but there are men and women that are willing to lay their lives down for the sake of those that they're serving and to, and to literally serve. You know, I, I was, again, I'm not going to name any group, but I know in the past 10 years, I've visited quite a few conferences that were marked as being apostolic, as being apostolic network. And, and some of these networks are quite large. And some of them, it was almost, if you ever get around entrepreneurial networking groups, you know, everyone gets there and everybody's handing their cards out to each other. You know, you know, you help me, I'll help you. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You know, and, and just, you know, and I, I see the value in some way for all that, but just, it, it ends up with just very superficial, inauthentic relationships. And again, all you're doing is taking the same top-down pyramid structure, and instead of having the pastor there at the top, you just replace it with the apostle. Wow. Yeah. And it's yeah. just very, toxic, very good point. Toxicity. And so I really believe that that there are those that are hearing the voice of God in this shift where apostolic networks are shifting. And especially networks that God's going to be raising in the next, you know five years to 10 years, that's going to be tapping into raising up the generation of the millennials and Gen Zs to help them find their place. So th this that we know, this apostolic structure, this apostolic ministry, this kingdom concepts can continue because, you know, for whatever reason, it may have been because Paul was, you know, spent the last 14 years of his apostleship under house arrest. That could have been the reason. But when uh, the apostle Paul died, none of his sons birthed apostles. So all it took for the whole apostolic power of the first church to be wiped out was one generation that did not continue the vision. And by the time you reach two, you know, 200, 250 AD, the church had become an institution controlled by the emperors and Constantine. And then that's where you got your priests and your bishops and your monsignors and your popes and 
and then it went into what many call a thousand year period of just apostasy. Yeah. And I, I believe it's vital, vital that we do that. So I know this fits right in with what you were saying, but, um, but uh, thank you so much for your heartbeat. So talk a little bit about what Freedom House Ministries is doing and serving uh, in the kingdom and, and some of the things that you're, 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 you're doing for the kingdom of God. So well, we could talk about Africa for a minute. Um, yeah, go ahead. yeah so sure. We're in Uganda. Uh, we're doing work there. So Freedom House International is, is split up into two pieces. You have that uh, Africa piece and then you have the USA piece. Uh, the one in Africa, what we're doing for the kingdom over there is that uh, uh, we're planting churches. Uh, we're on number 11 now. And we also have an orphanage there. There's a big, uh, a big issue in Uganda right now. And it's been that way for several years. And it's the issue of uh, HIV. And so there's many children that are wandering the streets and, uh, and trying to live in the trash cans in the street corners. Um, it's not really paved streets. It's all dirt. But they're walking around with hardly any clothes and uh, just trying to survive because their parents have died from HIV. And I believe the average age of death for parents over there is around 40 to 45. So you have a lot of children that are just uh, homeless. They're orphaned. And so the orphanage, what we're doing is that we're trying to find people who's willing to sponsor a child for $30 a month. And uh, so we got this going. And right now we have about 24 children that are being sponsored in our orphanage there in Fort Portal, Uganda. And so we have sent teams out into the streets and we found these children and we're giving them for $30 a month. We're giving them a bed. We're giving them food, school supplies and someone to take care of them every single day. They're literally getting three meals a day in an orphanage when most people in that area barely get uh, two meals, uh, you know, in a single day, barely. Some of them, none at all, maybe three times a week. But uh, so that's what we're doing for the kingdom over there. We're changing that atmosphere. Uh, in October, we're going to be going and in, into that same city Fort portal. And we, all of our churches are going to be there. And we're going to be scouring the entire city of 45,000 people to a three-day major evangelistic crusade. And we've called it Freedom Crusade 2023. And downtown, we have uh, the downtown area. We've already rented it. And we have a big platform there with a lot of space. And we're expecting thousands of people from, the, from this major evangelistic crusade that we're going to do in October. And so we're hoping to continue to build the church, people getting saved, set free, delivered, demons cast out, people getting healed. And, um, and so that's what we're doing for the kingdom in Africa and Uganda, Africa. Uh, well, we're spending time also with apostolic training, training up evangelists and training up more prophets in the area. And we've even recently ordained um, uh, a new apostle over there last year when we were there. So things are moving along just fine. And, and I appreciate what you're doing, especially in Uganda, because, you know, sometimes, you know, in these countries that do still have a biblical foundation and Uganda, you know, was a strong Christian nation for a lot of years just with the understanding of a biblical, a biblical worldview. But sometimes mistakenly people think that, you know, they're going to fix problems with legislation, with rules. And I, I know that, um, you know, they, they sought to, 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 to pass the uh, uh, anti-homosexual act, they called it, there in Uganda. And that um, a lot of people are feeling like that's going to hinder uh, the Anti-Homosexual Act that was passed in 2023, uh, they think it's going to obstruct the health education and, and uh, being able to help people. Of course, we understand this is just 
the liberal people that demand a right to be able to sin and, and do whatever they want with no ramification. But again, you can't legislate uh, change. You can't legislate holiness or it's transformation. I do believe in you know preaching the word of God and speaking truth to people. But again, there's got to be that transformation of heart. I know that's what you guys are seeking with this crusade and this meetings you're doing to see heart transformation. That when hearts become transformed, then of course you know because uh, I mean it's like when Jesus said it, you could you could you could read the words of Jesus two ways. He said, "If you love me, you'll keep my commandments." I hear that as saying, you know, if you love me then you'll keep my commandments. It's just, it's part of that relationship. It's part of that intimate walk with God. You don't have any problems following his word because of that intimacy and that deep transforming relationship. But on the legalistic side of some people, they hear, if you love me, you better keep my commandments. And, and, and same scripture, same exact words, but the inflection and the focus of it. Yeah. And so I believe what you guys are doing is awesome. And, we're going to definitely, it's in November, you, you said you're going? No, we're going to be there October 15th uh, through the 28th. Well, I'm going to we've got a lot that. of work to do there. Yeah. But if you don't mind, I would like for Kim to share a story. Please. Uh, something that happened last year. And I know we're getting close to the end of time, but I think this is appropriate. Something that really happened there that I've never seen a miracle like this in my life. And I'll never forget it. But I wanted her to share her story. We were going into a new village to start another work in a, in a place called Chigegawa. And uh, 15 miles off the beaten path through the jungle to get to it. And uh, it was quite amazing. But I'm, I'm going to let Kim share what happened sure. there and how the whole village was impacted. Um, <laughs> it had been a couple of days prior prior that I got I received a prophetic word. And I wrote it down and God asked God the questions. Who is this for? When do I give this? You know, how do you want me to give this? And he said, it's not right now. And I'll let you know when the time is right. So I had it written down and I'd even gone in to kind of study it a little bit more, more to get some biblical background based, you know, to back up what I had heard. So um, I had it all written down and ready, but I didn't know, you know, when I was going to get to share it. Well, a couple of days later, we end up having to go to Chagagua that he just mentioned. And it was really rough trying to get out to this to this area, this village. The road was absolutely horrible. We had a flat tire on the way there. Had a flat tire on the way there. It was it was crazy. Well, we're met by the most wonderful people. They're dancing and rejoicing that, you know, that we're there. They're just so welcoming. And um, we get there. We have a we have a great time in worship. Well, then the Lord um, told me to uh, position an angel in a specific spot um, over and, and overlook the area where we were where we were at. Tell him what he's what his job was to do. And um, and I did that. So after I got through. Um, in prayer, doing what the Lord told me to do. Then um, the one of the apostles asked me to get up to speak and, and share a word. And God said, now's the time, give the word. Well, the word in a nutshell was there are suddenlies about to take place. Come suddenly. On. And anytime the word suddenly was mentioned in the Bible, angels appeared, um, something would happen. Uh, suddenly would take place. And 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 I can't remember everything because I had, had it all written down. But but something would happen suddenly this and suddenly that. And he told me that that's what he was about to begin in that area. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know uh, what was going on in that area, in the natural realm, or even really necessarily in the spirit realm, other than 
the demonic. And that's why I placed the angel there. But so I, I shared the word I declared the word I prayed over. He had me praying over the men and over the women and, and marriages. Um, and so after that, we get back in the car and we're starting to head back out um, to get to the main road. And again, treacherous road. But then all of a sudden, this torrential downpour just comes like from out of nowhere. It The sky grew dark. I mean, it's like the bottom fell out. It just started pouring down rain. And so in my flesh, I'm like, I'm nervous because we're trying to go on this road who, you know, which we'd already gotten a flattened tire on, but we're trying to get on this road to get back out to the, to the main road. And I'm going, God, just let us get us out, get us out of here. Help us get out of here. And the guy in the back was a pastor, Mm -hmm. a pastor sitting in the back seat, which he didn't speak any English, but the interpreter was sitting next to him. We heard them talking, but didn't know what they were saying. And all of a sudden we found out what he was talking about. He was rejoicing because that particular area had been in a drought. For a long time. For a very long time. So much so that his mom was going to have to move out of her home and move to a different location because there was no water for her animals. She had no water. There was no water for the crops. And so it was so dry there and had been for so long. So they were rejoicing. He was rejoicing because he knew that that rain meant that his mother could stay. And then the whole village would be saved because it was no longer a drought. And so God told me, he said, I started it even now. And suddenly the rain came. And so it was just a miracle that God did. And and here I was worried about the road, trying to get back out to the main road. Wow. What what a beautiful testimony. And and yes, again, we absolutely uh, rejoice with you. And if you would like to support Apostle uh, Scott and Kim Barnhart in this effort in Uganda, You can go to freedomhouseafrica.com and there, if you click on their donate button, you'll be able to give to them directly to help with this effort that they're doing in Uganda. So uh, thanks again, folks. Thank you so much for for coming and and sharing and just, wow, we just, we bless you. We're just so thankful for what you're doing for the kingdom. And uh, yeah. I love these 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 dialogues that just time just blows by. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate you having us. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. It's our honor. And again, uh, thefreedomhouseafrica.com if you would like to uh, bless these folks and uh, and help them get to Uganda in October. Amen. So I'm just going to close with a, a word of prayer and just bless you guys. Father, I just thank you so much yes. for this Precious couple, I thank you, first of all, that I can count them as friends, that Jennifer and I, thank you for the oil they carry. God, I just, (laughs) I just decree open heavens, that Father, you will just blow the doors open. Yes. (laughs) Shock them with the financial empowerment that we know you can do. We've seen it. We know, God, what happens when you get involved. Yeah. So, Father, I just decree blessings and favor and open doors. And God, just raise up, raise up sons and daughters to, to join hands with them and to help them with these 11 uh, different nations that are impacting and, and the work they're doing right there in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We speak it and we decree it in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.
Amen. Well, thank you so much for, 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 for joining us. We hope you were blessed, edified, and strengthened by today's ministry and message. If you would like to know more about Spirit-Led Family Relational Network, please visit www.spiritled.net. We would love to come alongside you, align with your vision, and help to empower you to reach your destiny. Thank you for joining us today on this time of sharing God's Word, anointing, presence and power.